Hello, market meditators, and welcome to your daily market briefing. Short, snappy, no BS, 10-minute daily updates about the crypto markets. Delivered to you by me, Kin. Something unusual in the crypto markets. So it is today and yesterday that I and other analysts in the crypto markets have identified something unusual in the crypto markets, something a little bit strange going on with the price action we are seeing. By the end of today's call, you'll know exactly what that unusual and admittedly worrying piece of evidence is. But importantly, I will also give you two remedies or methods to get around this unusual price action. So very unusual factor there and something different to what we usually discuss on this call. Before we get to that point in the call, however, we are going to run through the BTC, ETH and altcoin market charts, make sure we are up to speed with what's going on with the price action. And then we're going to deep dive into some of the top headlines of the day. In particular, we are going to look at the development roadmap and expansion plans of a particular altcoin that we've got our eye on. So lots of good stuff to come. Looking at the one day BTC chart, we see that BTC is currently stuck in a bit of a range between the 18k and 20k levels. We experienced a steep price decline and we seem to be slowly but gradually recovering some of that ground, but safer to say that we're currently just in that 18k to 20k range. The Ethereum one day chart shows a similar picture currently trading just below the 1.3k level. The factors affecting BTC, ETH and the altcoin markets right now are quite big swooping macroeconomic factors and therefore the price action across all of them sort of resembles each other. If we were to scan the altcoin markets now for the biggest losers on the 24 hour, we will see that at around about 10% decline on the daily, the biggest down mover is XRP or of course Ripple's native token. One of the reasons that market meditations always encourages caution in a bear market or a more bearish market condition is that sometimes when an altcoin price increases very quickly, it also then just drops quite quickly. There's not much substance or support for that price rally. XRP saw a sharp price rally off the back of the news that there might be a final decision or outcome on its SEC court cases. And that kind of optimism is now sort of weathered off quite quickly as well as soon as BTC and ETH moved downwards. That is not to say that XRP won't find its way back up again. It's just to say that the price action will surely be quite volatile. Chart update complete. Let's move on to the top headlines. And remember, then we're going to go into that worrying bit of price action evidence we've seen and the two remedies to get around it as well. Top headline one is called Hammer Time. Legacy auction house Christie's has taken the next step in its NFT journey. After becoming the first major to sell an NFT at auction, they've now launched their own marketplace fully on chain. Christie's is the second largest auction house in the world behind Sotheby's, pulling in over $7 billion in revenue last year. The 250-year-old brokers made over $150 million of that through NFT sales, which Beeple kicked off with his everyday's collection selling for $69.4 million. Until now, payments for those NFTs happened via traditional means, but that is changing. Auctions can now take place entirely on the Ethereum network from transactions to post-sale. The new marketplace, dubbed Christie's 3.0, is a collaboration between three companies, Manifold, NFT Smart Contracts, Spatial Metaverse, and Chainalysis Analytics. 
To demonstrate the new platform, a collection of nine NFTs by Diana Sinclair will be open for bidding from today for two weeks. In the broader arena of Web3, Christie's also launched a venture fund to support art-related financial products and solutions. Sotheby's does not want to be left behind. In October 2021, they launched their own metaverse and started selling NFTs, enlisting the help of known curators such as Pleaserdal, Pranksy, and 888. Next up is the important altcoin update that was promised at the beginning of the call. Yesterday, Polkadot issued a blog update on their roadmap. It covers a wide range of topics from scalability to governance to communication. You can go read it yourself or right now I'll provide you a high level summary of some of the most important points. First of all, Polkadot is an open source blockchain platform. Ethereum co-founder Dr. Gavin Wood co-founded the project and token launched in 2017. The code update covers 10 topics, starting with asynchronous backing. This is a scalability feature that will shorten block time and increase network throughput to between 100,000 to 1 million TPS. Developers who currently want to use a parachain currently need to wait for an auction and build a community. Parathreads will change that, becoming pay-as-you-go parachains. To maintain blockchain interoperability, the team has upgraded their cross-consensus messaging or XCM protocol. The upgrade includes support for bridging and improved payment options. XCM also relies on weights, a feature that adjusts gas fees based on the required computation time and complexity. This multidimensional approach to fees should make them fairer. Governance V2 is an evolution that will make the system more decentralized. It will remove committees and move every decision in Polkadot to referendums by the community. That was our rundown of the main points, but you can find out about the rest of the upgrades such as the staking dashboard and disputes slashing on the Polkadot blog. Two headlines remain until we get onto that worrying bit of price action and the two ways around it. The end of a voyageur. Last week, we provided a breakdown of crypto asset lending platform Voyager filing for bankruptcy. As you may know, crypto giants FTX and Binance have spent the last two weeks battling it out for the chance to buy what remains of Voyager's assets. You may be wondering, why do they even want to buy Voyager's assets in the first place? Aren't they going bankrupt? Time is really a luxury that not all of us can afford. Imagine you're trying to buy a house, for example. If you are going to be evicted tonight and you know that if you don't decide on a house today, you'll literally have nowhere to sleep, you'll probably pick the first few things you see and you'll be willing to pay a greater price because of that urgency, because of that scarcity of time. When companies are going bankrupt, they need to repay their creditors, their customers, whoever, immediately. And they will also be willing to accept a less fair price for their assets because of that time scarcity. So the same way a landlord can charge you a less fair price, FTX, Binance can, in theory, buy Voyager's assets at a slightly lower cost. So just two days ago, Voyager announced that after multiple rounds of bidding, FTX US's bid worth about $1.4 billion has been officially accepted. The bid comprises the fair market value of all Voyager's crypto, which is currently estimated to be $1.311 billion, plus additional considerations valued at $111 million of incremental value. Worth noting that the proposal is still subject to court approval, including a creditor vote. A hearing is scheduled for the 19th of October at 4pm EST. If successfully resolved, the acquisition of Voyager could be another feather in the cap of FTX's growing list of expansions 
still in the face of difficult market conditions. Final headline then before we go into that worrying bit of price action evidence. Aside from presenting a new margin model to the CFTC, lobbying Congress for pro-crypto legislation, making bids to buy Voyager's assets, and making significant political campaign donations, Sam Bankman-Fried, the CEO of FTX, has also provided bailouts to many other struggling bankrupt crypto companies. Today, there are in fact rumors that he is also reconsidering his stance on Celsius. Celsius began pausing customer withdrawals in June, shortly after the UST debacle, the collapse of the tarot ecosystem that significantly impacted the crypto markets. By the time July rolled out, there were already filing for bankruptcy. Conflicting statements made by executives, as well as regulatory accusations that Celsius misrepresented its financial health, led to an outside examiner appointed by the court. On Tuesday, September 27th, Celsius CEO and founder Alex Menchinsky announced his resignation. Chris Ferraro was promoted to Chief Restructuring Officer and Interim Executive Officer. Very common in situations of liquidation and bankruptcy to see a personnel change. The idea being that hopefully investors, creditors will be assured that with new leadership, the problems of the company will be resolved. But of course, sometimes the issue lies much deeper. Just a few hours later, reports surfaced that SBF was reconsidering an acquisition of the bankrupt cryptocurrency lending company. With the roller coaster of the news today, Celsius's sell initially dropped in price but surged after the SBF rumors began to surface. How many more companies will FTX acquire during this crypto downturn? Celsius could soon be added to the list, but you never know what lurks just beyond the next candle close. Congratulations if you have made it this far into the call because we are now about to discuss that worrying bit of price action and the two methods around it. If you've enjoyed the call so far, remember I do the chart updates, top headlines in the news and that bit of alpha drop at the end every single day for free. We spoke about previously how time is a scarcity and a luxury and you'll get less fair prices if you can't afford much time. Well, these calls are a fantastic way to save time. Let me put in the hours so that you just have to put in the minutes. Okay, so what is worrying about price action right now is that BTC has actually stayed fairly resilient in the face of traditional market turmoil. This Coindesk article provides more detail. Bitcoin has outperformed almost every traditional asset in recent days. Observers said the cryptocurrency has stayed resilient in renewed turmoil in traditional markets due to several factors, including the absence of large sellers, continued holding by long-term investors, and quarterly options expiry. This is worrying because uh, so far we've thought that Bitcoin and the crypto markets move in a similar way to stocks and traditional risk assets. Indeed, for the last few months, a lot of the projections fundamental analysts have made has been based on this understanding that crypto moves similar to stocks and uh, tech stocks specifically as well, basically just risk assets. But recent price action actually goes against this. Because since the Federal Reserve raised US borrowing costs by 75 basis points a week ago, the dollar has rallied 4%, usually a sign that BTC should be dropping significantly, while the S&P 500 has dropped by 6.4%, a huge drop for the traditional markets. And the British pound has crashed to an all-time low against the greenback or the US dollar. 
Bitcoin, however, has remained locked between 18k and 20k. Sure, the price being higher is a good thing, but as mentioned previously, this goes against the previous understanding that Bitcoin moves against the dollar. So if the dollar is rallied, we should see BTC going down and that BTC moves with the S&P 500. So if that is going down, BTC should have gone down a bit more significantly as well. One possible theory here is that there is a lack of large sellers. Large market participants do appear to have stopped selling as evidenced from the relatively consistent number of Bitcoin held by funds. Another theory is that the recent decline in fiat currencies like the Chinese yuan, the British pound and the Japanese yen may have spurred demand for Bitcoin. In the past, Chinese investors have taken the crypto route to move money into overseas assets to bypass domestic regulation and currency devaluation. While Bitcoin has managed to stay resilient so far, its immediate prospects seem to remain tied to macro factors and traditional markets. So a correlational relationship we thought to be true yesterday and the day before seems to have been invalidated somewhat, or has it? Here are two methods or lessons we can draw from all of this to make us better crypto investors, holders, traders, etc. First and foremost, fundamental analysis is a living, breathing thing. Just because some pattern held true last week doesn't mean it will hold true today. Just because a factor that's usually bad for Bitcoin occurs doesn't mean price will necessarily drop because it might be outweighed by other positive factors. So lesson number one is you always need to dig deep with fundamental analysis. Don't look for binary outcomes like X happens, Y must happen. You need to get every single piece of the puzzle and put it together. That is something we try to do on these calls by considering the charts, headlines, and a specific outcome or event all together. If you just look at one piece of evidence alone in this one, for example, that the traditional markets like the S&P 500 are crashing, that won't necessarily lead to the outcome of BTC rising. Next of all, another lesson in financial markets is that sometimes it takes a while for the other shoe to drop. Maybe the rising dollar index has not caused an immediate impact, but sometimes some things will cause a impact in the weeks and months to come. Beware that the strength of the dollar and therefore the weakness of other currencies is not just usually bad for Bitcoin because, well, maybe the dollar is a safe haven asset and Bitcoin is a risk on asset. In fact, an excessively strong dollar causes a whole host of other issues. Here's just two of them. Problems in the balance of trade. The balance of trade refers to a country's imports and exports. Most trade is settled in the US dollar and therefore a rising dollar makes imports more expensive. In Nigeria and Somalia, where the risk of starvation already lurks, the strong dollar is pushing up the price of imported food, fuel and medicine. Another issue of an excessively strong dollar is a sovereign debt crisis. Uh, one of the most popular examples being the European sovereign debt crisis. A lot of the debt that governments accumulate is settled and due in the US dollar. The rising price of the US dollar makes these debts even more expensive to repay. The strong dollar is nudging debt-ridden Argentina, Egypt and Kenya closer to default and threatening to discourage foreign investment in emerging markets like India and South Korea. If left to continue, these factors are going to cause macroeconomic crises, international issues, and all of this will create more and more of a risk of environment where BTC and crypto tends to not do well. Lesson or method number one, always consider a complete picture when doing fundamental analysis. Everything is not always as it seems. 
And number two, sometimes if we don't see a short-term impact, a factor can cause us more damage, more medium or long-term that we should really be aware of. Salamat tinggal, that is goodbye in Indonesian.